The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with your host, Dee Lee. It is common for all of us to take things for granted, the familiar in our daily lives. For example, our home, our job, our health, our relationships with family and friends and pets. By paying attention and polishing your own life gems, you can add your light to life. And that creates a mighty gem. On today's program, you will learn how paying attention to the small things can make your life mighty. So polish the facets of the extraordinary jewels around you by joining your host, Dee Lee. Learn how being mighty is possible when you polish the extraordinary jewels in your life. Now, here is your host, Dee Lee. Welcome to our show, Mighty Gems, Spotlighting Everyday Jewels. My name is Dee Lee, and today I'm here with our guest host, Lynn Shrell. What are gems and jewels really? They are stones and tend to have different value for each person. It really depends upon how they are related to them individually as to the true value that they have. As a little stone or pebble, they could be considered to be very small from a physical size, but could have a huge value in terms of the different sense and basic effect. As we are spotlighting everyday jewels, we are taking a closer look at ordinary things in our daily living that are really magnificent when we stop and pay attention. As with jewels, the value is in the eye of the beholder. The sparkle can be a different attraction for everyone, but it tends to catch our attention. We are really inspired. C.S. Lewis suggested, it may be hard for an egg to turn into a bird. It would be a jolly sight harder for it to learn to fly while remaining an egg. We are like eggs at present, and you cannot go on indefinitely being just an ordinary decent egg. We must get hatched or be go bad. I and love that. <laughs> I love that. It's so visual. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Can you imagine? I mean, really, think about it. You can't really learn to fly while you're sharing a, still an egg. You yeah. know, it just, yeah. yeah. Or you could attempt it. You could be scrambled. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I saw that. I saw that somebody said, here's how you um, make scrambled hard-boiled eggs. And they took it and they put it in a towel and they wrapped both ends and they kind of went and they slung slung it around. And then they hard-boiled it and then they had a scrambled hard-boiled egg. Oh, lovely. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Crazy, right? Random. Okay, I'm sorry. I interrupted (laughs) you. That's okay. No problem. (laughs) As a human being, we come into this world with a lot of potential passion and curiosity as we grow and learn and change we can lose enthusiasm energy and sparkle remember the children's rhyme humpty dumpty his world dramatically changed as he fell off the wall after his fall how did all of his pieces fit together again in the real world i I was very traumatized by this one as a kid in the real world sometimes the pieces can't go back together again and that's a good thing This simple children's rhyme is a metaphor for human growth. 
Our expanding awareness means we are going beyond where we've been. We are changing and life will not be the same. Transformation can be the very thing you need. It's so true. But when all that's happening, it just feels like your life is falling apart, but it's really, you know, falling together. Yeah. Oh, man. What is that? Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty took a great fall. And Humpty then what? Dumpty um, couldn't get back up or something. Couldn't get. <laughs> Isn't it funny? It's horses, like you grow up with it. See, all, all, horses, the, um, yeah. all the horses or all the king's men and all the king's something. Horses. Couldn't, couldn't put them back together put, again. Yeah, I couldn't put them back together. Oh, and all of the funny? cartoons that I was seeing out there, I mean, people have come up with all kinds of different uh, versions of this from a cartoon perspective. You know, there's all kinds of things, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. I've seen, like, Humpty Dumpty with a big Band-Aid, you Yeah. Know? <laughs> so. And it, it was interesting, too, that um, it was really not an egg that was falling. It, it, it was a cannon that they called Humpty Dumpty. Oh, you're kidding. There was a, it was very interesting his, history around it. And, um, yeah. And however it showed up as a kid's rhyme, you know, it, it, it is rather traumatic for a kid. Or at least I had had that effect on me. Oh, yeah, me too. Well, yeah. you know, we're sensitive, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, and that's what Chief Seattle said that. He said, this we know, all things are connected like the blood that unites us. We do not weave the web of life. We are merely a strand in it. Whatever we do to the web, we do to ourselves. And I think that's why, you know, people who are more aware, more sensitive, more, um, I don't know, connected, you know, that's our experience. We, it's not just a rhyme. It, you know, I remember watching movies on TV when I was a little kid and just being traumatized from these, mm-hmm. these movies, you know. Yeah, so, nightmares. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, here on The Mighty Gems, we've been taking a close look at our energy systems within ourselves. And, of course, the basic word there is about system, which is, um, you know, that is a big deal. A system is a set of interacting or interdependent components forming an integrated whole. Every system is delineated by its spatial and temporal boundaries, surrounded and influenced by its environment, described by its structure and purpose, and expressed in its functioning. And some of the common characteristics include um, structure that includes parts or components that are directly or even indirectly related to each other. Behavior. This is processes that fulfill its function and purpose, and they can be related to a set of rules that govern the makeup of that structure or behavior. Interconnectivity, which is the parts and the processes that are connected by the structure or behavioral relationships. And usually they're made up of a lot of subsystems. So a system really has subsystems. And these systems are what can be used to create change or transformation. Napoleon Hill had a, you know, just an interesting guy. I think think he'd be an interesting dude to go to dinner with. (laughs) But he said, first comes thought, then organization of that thought into ideas and plans, then transformation of those plans into reality. The beginning, as you will observe, is in your imagination. So true. So true. Yeah, I've had that up on my wall for about two years. Oh, nice. Yeah, my son wrote it. Or put you know, put it up there saying, here, Mom, you need to look at this. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's so true. Imagination is everything. Yeah, words can sound simple in their own context, but can really mean something when you put them together and connect the dots. 
we review, uh, I mean, we view the overall world as a complex set of interconnected parts existing within an environment defined as a system operates and is the source of external elements that impinge on the system. Simplifying this is so, you know, it, it makes it easier to comprehend. We look at structure, the boundaries, and the behavior when we put together a model. There are generally three types of systems, an open, a closed, and an isolated systems. system. Most systems are open as they are exchanging matter and energy outside of their boundaries. There is a collection of inputs and processes that are transformed into some type of output. The major, major objective of a system is to produce output that has value to the user. The process is where various inputs are transformed into something and is operationally a component of a system. The control element of a system is the overall decision-making subsystem controlling the pattern of activities governing the input, processing, and outputs. So it can get really busy, you know, busy in there and it can have a lot of moving parts. Um, there is also a feedback loop within most system elements that measures the output against a standard set of rules. And it communicates that to, um, you know, as a expected results, what are the expected results when they are compared? Um, positive, motivational, negative, needing further action, or just for general information. That's kind of the role of project management, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that feedback loop, and then they're also kind of the control element. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we see systems all the time, all the time, and we're always having to connect our dots. And so, most people don't like systems. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yet we live by them. You know, mm -hmm. everything is a system. You get out of bed, and what's the first thing you do every day? And then what's the second thing? You know, now you're into brushing your teeth. Now you're into getting dressed. It's like, you know, there's a system for everything. We just don't think of it like that. We don't yeah. think of living in systems. Yeah, for sure. Unless, you know, computer, if we think about computer systems, you know, we have to think like a computer and that kind of forces us to, you know, be in a little bit of a system, I guess. But so I how your heart wired. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, and, you know, we've been talking about the human energy system here and really uh, we've divided it into basically three sections in our physical body. And we're using the chakra system currently to uh, describe what's happening in your human energy system. And the first three chakras are really from like your chest down. Um, the first three chakras have to do with the physical needs of the body and the basic needs of life and the energies of earth and experiences that relate to what we consider to be us. So the first chakra located at your groin area, that's really about security and survival, foundation, habits, self-acceptance, things like that, how you orient in time and space. The second chakra is right below your belly button and that's all about creativity and to feel and to desire and that's where money, making money, procreation, that is and second chakra and third chakra is right around your belly button and that's about action and balance willpower commitment this is really where the seat of your personal power lives is in your third chakra and then the fourth chakra is the middle third if you will it's um it's really around that's around your heart and it's the balancing point between the upper energies of the heavens and the lower energies that we've just been talking about so the experience moves from the me below to the we above 
So this is also called the heart center and relates to love and compassion, awakening to spiritual awareness, forgiveness, and service. And then the upper chakras really start at your throat. Um, these are related to the more subtle realms. So the fifth chakra is in your throat, and it's about projection, words, hearing and speaking the truth. It's the teacher. And then sixth chakra, or the third eye in your forehead, is about intuition and wisdom and identity and understanding your purpose. And then the seventh chakra is the crown chakra at the top of your head, and that is about humility and vastness, and it's the seed of the soul and how you connect to the greater consciousness. And then the eighth chakra, which we have not really talked a lot about yet, anyway, the eighth chakra is really um, what other people would call your auric, your auric body, your, your etheric body, your aura. It's the radiance of the electromagnetic field around the physical body. Um, Albert Einstein, who I just have to be transparent and have full disclosure, I do have a crush on him, but <laughs> Albert Einstein Einstein said, the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is the faithful servant. We have created a society that honors the servant and has forgotten the gift. That's powerful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Mm. So, yeah. So the words that we are exploring today have to do mostly with the eighth chakra, which some people refer to as the soul star chakra or seat of the soul. Words of this have infinite energy, center of divine wisdom and love, spiritual compassion and selflessness. And it has a lot of meaning around the phrase of letting go and allowing the divine light of spirit to fill your life. It is through this chakra that we connect to our higher self and develop spiritual abilities. This is also the gateway to a lot of information that allows you to let go of old attitudes, and will aid you in making momentous changes in the basic way you think and live. Eckhart Tolle said, to know yourself as the being underneath the thinker, the stillness underneath the mental noise, the love and joy underneath the pain, is freedom, salvation, and enlightenment. And Lao Tso shared a profound observation, nature does not hurry, yet everything is accomplished. And it's done very well. There are a lot of ways that we communicate the existence in our intuitive system part of ourselves. It seems like we are always whisper, whispering about <laughs> it rather than boldly talking about it. If we open up the channels within ourselves to have more flow in this area, it could be a valuable asset for us to use as a compass for our daily living. Oh, totally. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's well, just not uh, when you stand on the corner and say, what's your chakra doing today? <laughs> Yeah, most people don't talk about that. I don't know why. <laughs> well, they don't have a clue. Catch I think. On. Yeah. yeah, maybe they just don't know. I mean, you know, it's really powerful. And, and that's some of the power of this mighty gems. You know, we're, we're talking about these things. These are the things that you just don't get to hear about. And yet they're so vital to living a full, happy, and balanced life. So um, the Tao Te Ching said, if you want to shrink something, you must first allow it to expand. Which must be what's going on with my waistline, but I digress. So if you want to shrink something, you must first allow it to expand. If you want to get rid of something, you must first allow it to flourish. If you want to take something, you must first allow it to be given. This is called the subtle perception of the way things are. And it's Very allowing true. also. I mean, that word allow. Yeah. Well, if we're going to talk a little bit more about the eighth chakra, and again, this is so 
such critical, vital information. It's located above your head, kind of out in space, and it's at the point where spiritual energy and divine love enter into the crown chakra, and it's then distributed throughout your physical body system. So when a message comes in, it will come through that auric field into the seventh chakra, which is the direct connect for greater consciousness. It filters into some sort of inspired image or thought or experience that's known and interpreted by your sixth chakra, your third eye, because your third eye literally sees and interprets that inspired message into something more articulate so you can actually get it. And then it passes it on to the fifth chakra so you can determine what you want to manifest from it. There you speak it into being and then it drops into your fourth chakra in your heart where you decide your relationship with it in terms of the love or attention you give it. And then from there, you make decisions about how you're willing to relate to it in your third chakra. It just, you know, it, it goes, it works all the way through your entire system. So there's this really, I, there's an interesting story. We just have to share this. Uh, a Zen master said to a monk, you must see the universe in your cup. Well, profound. The monk looked at his cup, but he didn't see the universe. So he threw the cup away. <laughs> it makes sense, right? You're like, what? You know? So the Zen master said, oh, poor cup. We think the cup is too small to hold the universe. Intellectually, we can't see how it could fit. But wherever we go, the whole universe always appears in a cup, a window, in a smile, in a word. Ba-boom. Right yeah. there. You know, interestingly, Modern Western medicine does not really support the existence of chakras. And so a lot of people just, many people have not heard of them. They, or they think of something that's very woo-woo in terms of focus. In the Eastern areas, including Aboriginal people, they are not only aware of the chakras, but they know how the system works and what they're capable of doing. St. Augustine said, people travel to wonder at the height of mountains, at the huge waves of the sea, at the long courses of rivers, at the vast compass of the ocean, at the circular motion of the stars, and they pass by themselves without wondering. You wonder why. (laughs) Why we are made of stars, and ultimately, each of us are in control of our body and our life because only we control our thinking. When we actively pursue forgiveness, as just one example, it will help to release any old imprints from the past. And if you are truly focused and unconditional about releasing these imprints, you will likely experience amazing healing in all areas of your energy system. By taking time to control your thoughts, you can achieve balance and peace in many aspects of your life. As you're embarking on this prospecting journey of discovery through your chakras, what we're doing is working with an ancient system. It defies time and space, and it is a flowing energy that we have tried to capture and articulate. So remember, the word system is a method, a plan, a procedure that can look complex, but as it, because it's made up of all those moving parts, but by putting them together in a step-by-step process, you plug yourself into it, and then you have some idea of what's happening and the direction you're going in. Harry Emerson Fosdick suggests, no one can get inner peace by pouncing on it. That is one of my favorite quotes, and I feel like that is just a big part of this. This is about flow. And part of this, too, if what was coming up uh, for myself as I've been exploring and learning and growing each week as we've discussed this is um, a visual for myself was a tram similar to what's at an airport where you're moving a lot of people along. So it stops at each uh, location, opens its doors automatically. People come in and people go out. 
and then it has a couple seconds and then boom, it's on to the next one. So it's one of those where you have to come up with an imagery for yourself as you're learning so that you can remember how these all are tied together because they're not individual. They're all interconnected. They can be individually reviewed and, and work, need to be working together, but it's like a huge you know, complexity of, of dependence between one chakra to the other, and it's best if they're all working in the right direction. Mm-hmm. So with that note, we're going to take a brief moment, and we will be back after a, a quick commercial. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenice Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenice and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune into the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's one 888 346-9141. You may also send us an email to jewels at mightygems.com. Now, back to this week's show. Well, go ahead. <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back Yay. to Mighty Gems. <laughs> it's a party. <laughs> uh, well, here, we're here to talk about what does it really mean to go through a transformation or make significant change happen in your life. That's really, you know, that is the number one thing that, you know, we really, as we get through each and every day, that's what we're thinking about. Like, what's happening next? How are we transforming? What do we, what happens when we know we need to do this? Well, one thing is, it's good to remember that you don't have to invent everything in order to experience it. That's the first thing, because over time, through the ages, there are many masters and sages who have gone before us, and there's a lot of of wisdom that's already been thought through and pondered, and then we can take that and apply it wherever it seems appropriate in our lives. So um, here are some really powerful insights about transformation from some of the masters. You know, this collection right here is definitely worth the price of admission. So here's the first one. Yuta Berg said, we need to realize that our path to transformation is through our mistakes. We're meant to make mistakes, 
recognize them and move on to become unlimited. So next time something happens, that's unexpected, shake hands with it and say, thank you for showing up. Cause now I got it. <laughs> <laughs> on to the next one. On to the next one. And then Thich Nhat Hanh, who is just, oh my goodness, he's my favorite. I actually did a walking meditation with him in Southern California. And um, there is nothing like doing a walking meditation with a monk who hmm. is all about walking meditation. <laughs> that is... My slow was like way too fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But he says, changing is not just changing the things outside of us. First of all, we need the right view that transcends all notions, including being and non-being, creator and creature, mind and spirit. That kind of insight is crucial for transformation and healing. And then Shiv Kara said, research has shown that it takes 31 days of conscious effort to make or break a habit. That means if one practices something consistently for 31 days, on the 32nd day, it does become a habit. Information has been internalized into behavioral change, which is called transformation. I am working on that one right now. I'm going to the gym every day. <laughs> I am going to internalize my transformation. And then Brian Green. Brian Green says, science is a way of life. Science is a perspective. Science is the process that takes us from confusion to understanding in a manner that's precise, predictive, and reliable. A transformation for those lucky enough to experience it that is empowering and emotional. There it is. It is a process. Science is the process that brings us to clear transformation. And Wayne Dyer, Wayne Dyer said, transformation literally means going beyond your form. Whatever That's eighth your form chakra, is now, isn't it? Um, yeah, well, yeah, it's eighth chakra, but it's also the form, I think, of where you are in this very present moment. Like, if uh, you stay right where you are and don't change, then, the, you know, you die, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you have to breathe in and out. You have to walk. You have to move. Some, some function is going to happen. And if you reach forward and you expand your awareness and you change your perceptions, you're going beyond this current form as you know it. And that is transformation. That totally makes sense. Love mm -hmm. it. And then surprisingly enough, we have a quote here from Marilyn Manson. So <laughs> I, you know, you got, I treasure the genius artists that are out there because they bring us the world from a different perspective. And he says, don't ever empty the bucket of mystery. Never let people define what you do. It's not about zigging when you should zag. It's not about doing something unprecedented and unpredictable. It's just about never being a word or something that is not in the process of transformation. Love that. J'adore. So, and then Bill Drayton says, every successful organization has to make the transition from a world defined primarily by repetition to one primarily defined by change. This is the biggest transformation in the structure of how humans work together since the agricultural revolution. This is happening, people. It is now. Right now. <laughs> yes. What about now? <laughs> yeah. It is. It so is. what does it really mean to go through a change? I mean, we all have change going on within us and around us and through us and on us every moment of every day because that's how we, that's life. What does it really mean? I mean, it's, there's basic theories. There's a theory of change that defines a process that defines long-term goals and then maps backwards into necessary steps to reach the long-term goals. The theory emerged in the mid-1990s and is focused not just on the knowledge, but on effective methods and models to consider. 
Subsequent to this, there have been a lot of knowledge floating around. And in 2013, the first nonprofit was created to promote, and I thought this was rather interesting. They actually made this nonprofit called the Center for Theory of Change. There has been a proliferation of use of this theory and linking it to systems thinking and complexity. A lot of uh, focus. The processes are not linear, but have many feedback loops that need to be understood. As applied, there are three key measurable criteria. There's an impact. What's the impact of the change? Influence and leverage. What is the impact of the change as an outcome? As a result of the focus, how many others change a result? How much is put in as a result of the model being presented? It is very important to note that the theory of change does not model how things happen, but rather it models how we believe things will happen. It fits together as a forecast of conditions that must exist for other conditions to come into being. It fits into a larger scheme which shows how theory can lead to action. Monitoring and evaluation loops to help more make appropriate adjustments leading to evaluation and recalibration. And that is very, very significant. Oh, yeah. Well, you have to refine, right? Something happens and then you kind of evaluate and go, hmm, did we end up where we thought we would? (laughs) What just happened? Yeah, and you you recalibrate at different levels. Yeah. If you look at a a printer machine, my little printer here that was making noise earlier by itself goes through and says, I'm recalibrating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, and pilots, they're always recalibrating. Planes are always one degree off, you know, so they're always recalibrating. So, yeah, and, you know, here's something really obvious that some unknown person said, but it's so true. If nothing ever changed, there would be no butterflies. I mean, it just, you know, change has to happen. Change is nature. Change is natural law and harmony. Mahatma Gandhi said, happiness is when you think what you say and what you do are in harmony. So, you know, if things aren't, if your life is not happy, then it's time for something to change. And so you want to explore what this transformation can be in your life. So, uh, and, and think about, you know, what butterflies need to come forward in order for you to have that happiness, right? So, uh, and then when you look at that, you can kind of reverse engineer and think, okay, now what has to change? Robert Brault said... Robert Brault said, few can accept happiness if it means change. We want the life we have now only happier. (laughs) Yeah. And that's that's... so true. That's so true. J.D. Meyer, the best-selling author of Getting Results the Agile Way, has outlined uh, a set of insightful key happiness strategies and tactics. The seven principles of happiness are, number one, focus on fulfillment. Number two, spend more time in your values. Number three, set your own happiness level. Number four, drive from happiness. Number five, don't fall for the if-then trap. Number six, raise your frustration tolerance. And number seven, point your camera on purpose. (laughs) And those are so, I mean, they can be applied right now. Absolutely. You don't have to do anything. You, don't, you, you can do it right now, literally from way, where you're sitting. You can focus on fulfillment, spend more time on your values in your own mind, set your own happiness level, drive from happiness, meaning come from that place of happiness, make everything happen. 
don't fall for the if that well if only i was you know skinnier then life would be better well you can't that, that's a trap and then raise your own frustration tolerance if there's something that's bugging you just raise your frustration raise the bar you know allow yeah, yourself to be more t- <laughs> yeah well ignore yeah or just tolerate it better you know it just mm-hmm. um it, it becomes a non-entity and then point your camera on purpose look at what you want to see why would you look at things you don't want to see? Sometimes when I go to movies or shows, when, you know, there's some big thing going now with like serial killers on TV and or zombies, you know, and it's like, I don't want to look at that stuff. So I just look away. I just mm-hmm. point my, I point my camera a different direction. So, you know, and, and really there's a couple of core concepts that can help with the ha- your happiness journey. There's two questions to ask yourself. How happy are you? And how happy are you with your life? Because when you ask yourself those questions, you can determine if something isn't quite flowing. Happiness is a personal thing. Your happiness, your way. It's not the way that others would do it for you or about their opinions or anything else. So that's another core concept. So ask yourself these two questions. Remember that happiness is a personal thing. And third, remember that happiness is a verb. It's not static. Happiness changes. The things that made you happy when you were five are are probably not the same things that make you happy now. So happiness changes. What you want changes. And of course, while strategies are powerful, it helps to have some really practical tactics. And we're talking about some of that, but here's a, you know, a few more. Um, when you focus on the greater good, this is you know, when you're looking bigger, that is the surefire way to happiness in your life for yourself and for others. Um, secondly, act as if. How would you hold yourself if you felt happy? Whatever you would do if you thought if you thought it was the way that you would be or act or dress or appear if you were happy, do that now. Act as if. Act as if you're actually really happy. <laughs> and grow happiness under your feet. You want to, wherever you are, let that be your happy place. Find your favorite happiness quotes and keep them visible. Like you said, Dee, when you have that printed at your computer or your office or whatever, you know, just keep them at your fingertips or where you can see them or put them on a screensaver. Find your happiness quotes. Find some really good resources and find a better metaphor. So things like life is a dance or life is an adventure, you know, instead of, oh, life is such a coal mine, you know, life <laughs> sucks. Why is life so hard? You know, it's like, it, it's, it, the reason it's designed like that is because it's supposed to be interesting for us. It gives us things to solve. It gives us places to grow. Life is an invitation. <laughs> it's a journey. Every- it is a journey. And, you know, a journey, have you ever crossed the eastern part, no offense all you Texans out there, and I'm living in Austin, but if you go from Austin straight west, it is flat. There's like really nothing out there. And after about <laughs> eight hours, you get to the edge of the state. And that is just, I'm not, I, I got to say, it's not the most interesting part of the journey. <laughs> you know, if everything was that flat, open expanse, it's like, well, you know, there's not much scenery or whatever. And, and you get tunnel vision, right? But life is a journey and you want it to have hills and valleys and twists and turns and detours and things to solve and things to look for. That's You want that. So find a better metaphor to describe your own life and then change your questions to change your focus. So instead of asking, well, wow, how is it that I, you know, um, how, how come it always happens to me? That's a good question. Everybody asks that, right? Instead, change your questions and go, wow, how is it that I can make this even better? 
or what is it in here that I'm supposed to get to make my life better? Or how is it possible that great things keep happening for me? So change your questions to change your focus because that's going to shift your vibration. That's going to get all into your eighth chakra, your aura. It's going to start emanating. So when you're focused on positive, you're going to receive positive. And lastly, change your thoughts to change your feelings. So yeah, that's again, very you know, profound. oh yeah, yeah. I mean, our, our mental capability allows us to do things that, there are no other species on the planet that can do what we can do because we have our thoughts. So if we think through, you can literally make yourself feel better when you think, oh, well, wait a second, the reason that that happened was to give me more freedom. Or wait a second, the reason that I'm not connecting with that person who used to be my best friend is this. Or, you know, there's always a bigger reason. There's a, there's a life, con there's context to your life. And when you can take your thoughts to see the context and go, oh, wait a minute, I must be stepping up to a, a, a next best level. That's why I couldn't keep that job. Or, oh, I'm, I, I'm, I have to pick my life up and move across four states because there's something better for me there. Instead of like, oh man, I can't believe I have to move. You know, it's, you change your thoughts and then you change your feelings. It's, oh, it's the coolest thing ever. Yeah, so you can have yourself a, some really interesting conversations. I mean, you can sit there and really argue yourself, you know, <laughs> I silly. I do that too. <laughs> You know, take it out on yourself or you can, you know, take the time to sit and ponder. You know, being a muser is rather fun because you have a reason to sit and just do nothing. <laughs> yes. Or what people observe thinking that you're doing nothing. <laughs> and it's really important. A lot of people don't know how to think. Yeah. And we don't give ourselves time to think. How do you muse properly? You know, that's, people don't know. They don't yeah. know. They don't yeah, really take the time to contemplate. Yeah. Yeah, and there's all kinds of different thinking. You know, if you think about that, mm -hmm. which, you know, it's kind of funny to think about how to think, but, you know, it's there, you can look at something with questions. You can look at it from a bottom line perspective. You can look at it from a holistic perspective. You can look at something through um, the like a lens. Magnifying of, glass. A magnifying glass. You can amplify things. You can, you know, there's all kinds of different perspectives. It's like if, if thinking were a crystal and each facet of that crystal was a different way to look at something, then you could probably name it. Then you can see it. It's like, oh, I can look through this side where everything is, you know, rose colored. I can look through this side that has a big, you know, crack in it. You know, it's, you get to choose. You get to choose how you are seeing life and how you see it is going to determine your experience in it. Oh, sure. And that seems so simple and obvious, but it's missed time and time it again. Is. And if all we did was change that, you know, just as you're holding the, the crystal, just change it in your hand. I mean, that's, that's the change. That's transformation. Because now suddenly you're seeing, wow, this is, everything is, you know, through the lens of, you know, technicolor. Wow, I can see everything in 3D Technicolor. This is amazing. It just I just did that on my TV. I, for a year, I've had my TV set up the way it was. And I thought, well, I thought this was a really good TV. Well, the, um, the Time Warner guy came over and he did a, um, he, he said, oh, did you know that you haven't been set on the HD setting? So my <laughs> brand new TV, like, boom, it just like sprang to life. I now see details in the tiniest little windows of this big city, you know, panorama. It's awesome. But, you know, I, I didn't do anything except he made that change of that one setting and it completely changed my viewing experience. And that is life. That's what it's mm -hmm. like to live your life. So as you get more sight available in your mind, your thought and open up your, 
your vision, your expansion. That's kind of like taking the lid off the top a bit, you know, or standing higher in yourself to be able to have more panoramic, panoramic view around you. That's really awesome. Mm-hmm. It really is. And with that, we're going to take a short break. So come back and hear some more about change and happiness. <laughs> Transformation. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Are you living your dream yet? If not, then why not? Everyone has a greatness inside of them to achieve what they deserve in their lives. But how do you find the motivation to get started? Tune in to Your Authentic Life with host Susan Cranston. Susan's advice, along with expert guests, will help you improve your relationships, start or change your career, and achieve the seemingly unattainable goal. Listen live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you're looking for tips for personal success, look no further than DJ and the Bear, keeping you at the top of your game with your hosts, leadership and personal effectiveness consultant, Dietta Jones, and Richard Dent, formerly of the champion Chicago Bears. Together as a husband and wife team, they've raised a family, owned two successful businesses, led major philanthropic initiatives through their foundation, and lived the ultimate lifestyle. Find out their secrets. Listen every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. are listening to Mighty Gems, Spotlighting Everyday Jewels with Dee Lee. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send us an email to jewels at mightygems.com. Now, back to this week's show. Thank you for joining us, Mighty Gems, as we're sparkling along and looking at change. We're really looking at change with a focus, and um, we're working with the principles of happiness, as that is a very uh, important question for yourself. How happy are you? The first focus is on fulfillment. This actually is a way of living in what we consider the meaningful life. And when you live a meaningful life, you make your actions, your choices, and your moments count. You achieve this by deciding who do you want to be and what experiences do you want to create. And a simple strategy to focus on fulfillment is to focus on the greater good and give your best where you have your best to give. It is about playing your unique strengths and sharing your gifts with the world, or more specifically, your world. This will help you rise above the trials and tribulations that exist of daily living and will help you find a higher ground. Do more meaningful things by making meanings in the, in the things that you already do and choose to do. You are the most significant meaning maker in your life. A simple way to add more meaning is to identify a mission or a cause or a message that you believe in. Yeah, I like that. Be a meaning maker. Mm-hmm. Say that three times fast. <laughs> Well, and that can be an affirmation for yourself. Is this an, it, yeah. is, 
is as I wake up, I'm doing meaningful messaging to yourself too. I mean, some people are grumpy in the morning and they kind of roll out of bed and are grumpy all day, but you know, is, is that good meaning for yourself? Right. Yeah. You people choose. choose. Yeah. I mean, it's their own choice. Yep. Well, here's another strategy. This is uh, one that helps you to live what's called the good life. Um, it really just spend more time in your values. Living your values is one of the simplest way ways to add more happiness to your day every day. And if you spend a lot of time at work, the best way to make the most of it is to connect your work to your values. So, for example, if you like to learn, then master do what it takes to learn everything about what it is you're doing, whatever your craft, your trade, your position, your career, your business, whatever it is. If you like to learn, then be a perpetual student. If you like to help others, then find a way to contribute and give back using your skills, your experience, your knowledge, your perspective. If you value excellence, then make your work about high standards. Make your work excellent. So when you spend more time in your values, you enjoy the journey more regardless of the destination. It's just better when you're in it. Well, and as you experience that, all of the this wonderful feeling of feeling good expands out of you and, and also, I guess, bumps into other people <laughs> so that within your space, you know, wherever that is, you're going to have an effect on other people, which becomes kind of like a chain reaction and it becomes important because people will see you as in that mindset of, of happy and whatever, and we'll be attracted to that light. And so as we bump into other people via the light process, then the light gets brighter, I would guess. Absolutely. It's like a candle. One candle lights another candle. Now so, you got double light. Yeah. So it's really setting your own level of, of what kind of happiness you want. We each have our own concepts of that. Some people have a happiness of an eight or nine out of 10. Others might be more like five or six. Whatever it is, embrace it and start from where you are. One of the best things you can do is find simple ways to gradually improve your overall happiness level. One of the worst things you can do is compare your level to others or beat yourself up for not being this shiny, happy person all the time. So it becomes a, a down, downer if you're in comparative because it's really up to you to compare yourself to yourself. And as simple as that it sounds, um, there's several people that lead leave or lead happier lives now simply because they don't worry about whether they are beaming <laughs> with sunshine <laughs> or at every waking moment. They focus more on living their values and focusing on fulfillment. The sunshine happens along the way and in more frequent doses now. Sometimes they just have to take their shades to see it. Absolutely. Yeah, well, you know, it, it's almost like a little happiness thermostat. You just dial up, you know, you can mm -hmm. figure out where you're, yeah. So, yeah. And, and really, another one, we mentioned this, but drive from happiness. Happiness is a decision. So, this is where you have to look inside and answer the tough questions. What do you like to do? What makes you happy? What do you want to do more of? You have to look at these things and add the answers into your life every day because it's really easy to keep doing the things that we think that other people expect for us or want for us but instead you have to look inside and find the things that really do make you happy and do more of those <laughs> definitely and there's also the extent of people that go if then you know if i do this then something else is going to happen you know it's, it's like they set the stage and then it does happen because they're focused on it 
you know, I'll be happy if I get that job or I'll be happy if I get that house or, or that relationship. And so they kind of set the stage a, and sometimes it might not be what they really want. You know, the movie is going on there. It's easy to put your happiness out there instead of the right there. You know what happens when you finally climb to the top of the mountain. There's another mountain. That's the happiness continuum. So the effect of the strategy is really to enjoy the journey. Find your happiness now, here, and with what you got, and from where you are. You can choose what you want to focus on. Focus on the things in your life that lift you. What the happiness is, what, what, that's the happiness. Most importantly, remember that it's the journey and the destination, and sometimes the journey is all we've got. So make that, that be the happiness that you're stepping into. Absolutely. The journey is all we've got. All we have is what's right here, right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and really that speaks to your frustration tolerance, right? Because if you raise your frustration tolerance, you can instantly raise your overall happiness level and you can do this all the time. One of my frustrations is the gardeners with those little, you know, those little things, they blow things around. Oh my goodness. You know, it's <laughs> like, you just got, I just have to look past it. I just have, you know, because all it's doing is I'm making my own self crazy. Like they're not going to stop with those little things. You know, so if you raise your frustration talents, you can raise your happiness right away. And the beauty of this insight is that it instantly works. All you have to do is decide not to be frustrated by all the little things that don't go your way on a daily basis. There are so many little things that can cause frustration if you let them. Don't get mad at the tree. Go around it. Don't get frustrated by the traffic. Leave earlier. If it happens, it happens. Focus on what you can control and let the rest go. Find the humor in it or find the lesson, what you can grow with. Um, and here's how how it can work instantly. Um, you know, the day that you find out your frustration tolerance is a limit to your happiness, you get to raise your bar. And, you know, I've heard stories of people who just, they were letting too many things get in their day-to-day you know, life and it set them back. So the key is to practice selective intolerance in order to live your life at a higher level, at a, le- a better quality, but roll with the punches and then deal with the setbacks and go with the flow while you're living your vision, your mission, and your values. That's the key. Well, and interestingly, I was in traffic a, a week ago. There's with the Seattle area, for some reason, there there's construction in every corner because our area is expanding. So they're trying to do things faster because we're, we have some sunshine right now <laughs> and <laughs> lots of people out and about. And you can't really go anywhere because it, you're sort of rushing into this, this uh, scenario where nobody moves. Well, someone came up with this really visual, uh, fun game because they started blowing bubbles. And so I just happened to notice about four cars in front of me, these big bubbles. I mean, they were like three <laughs> to four inches floating above the this whole blocked static row of cars. And I thought, well, how fun is that? Here's this person, you know, just having fun. You know, yeah. they could sit there and be, be with not going anywhere, but, you know, they didn't get out of their car or do anything. They were just, they opened their window and blowing bubbles. I'm going to do that. I'm going to get I some, I'm going to be a bubble blower. Oh, I think <laughs> that could, that could raise, that could be our mighty gem recommendation. Yeah. Let's there all blow go. bubbles. You know, these let's are the type bubbles. you just get a bubble wand and let's see how big, big they can get. You know, maybe someone can let us know their story because I thought that was just really fun. 
Totally. Let's start a movement. <laughs> <laughs> the bubble, yeah, the bubble machine. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, and really, you know, when you, to, to, if you're fo focusing on things like that, you're pointing your camera on purpose. You are the director of your life and you're pointing your camera at the things that you want more of. You get more of what you focus on. You can point your camera at more pain or at more pleasure. And that is a very powerful choice. It's a powerful metaphor for your life. And it's easy to test. Start pointing your camera at better scenes, better uh, visuals every day, and then watch it what unfolds in yourself and the world around you. So just like what you were saying, Dee, is that you can look at the park traffic or you can go and look at the bubbles. Like, what are you going to do? <laughs> mm -hmm. And then now I could see somebody joining with some music. So then you have music and bubbles. Yeah, right? I think there have awesome. been shows with that. <laughs> the dancing bubbles machine. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so part of the focus in the sparkling uh, discussion we've had today is really looking at um, change which, you know, it's, it's inevitable, and it happens to us and around us. It's also not easy to sometimes look at it from an opportunity. I mean, it's considered like a growth opportunity. But there are ways that you can actually take a look at change from a proactive perspective, which might help, um, and that's to prepare yourself in advance, mostly accepting the reality of change happening, and it can help you... Um, begin with a process of preparation for whatever it is. You can pay attention and listen and be aware. It, it sort of helps you focus on what could happen. And that way then you're, you're not going to be the recipient and feel like a, a victim. So you can ask yourself, what is the worst that could happen? And not from a negative sense, but that actually gives you the flight. Of, uh, so what is it, fight and flight? Where you you can look back and say, okay, well, this is... This is how it might happen, not likely, but if that does happen, then I'm, you know, I'm at least mentally aware of that. You can really can only control yourself and your life, and so change can turn your world upside down, but <clears throat> you can really control how you react, react to it. And some people choose to re be reactive or blame others in their knee-jerk response, but it's really... When you do that, it, there's a risk for turning yourself bitter or leaving yourself helpless, which is a victimized feeling and doesn't help when you're trying to um, empower yourself or be positive or be a, in a significant way of coping with whatever change comes up. Be or discerning when listening, accepting or applying advice from others. Because sometimes people do respond with advice and, you know, they're, they're meaning well, but their advice might be tainted by their own experience, which may not even apply to your situation. So be careful, you know, when you do that, that you really um, are, are taking advice that you want to listen to and or act on. And as you go sh through the shocks of, of change, just know that the new patterns that you're dealing with will come forward. You know, that's part of the process. You know, it's, it's you go to the depths of this way, it's like a pendulum and you'll swing the other direction and be able to apply new knowledge and new habits into putting things into action for re recovery. And if you take a perspective like the, the um, perspective of sitting in a row of cars with a bubble machine, look at it as an opportunity. You know, maybe that's an opportunity to do some laughing. You know, you feel better. 
Laughing um, yoga. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like laughing bubbles. Uh-huh. You know, seek to be an optimist. You know, look at the action as as being the best way to h- handle something, and acknowledge what change has happened and move along. Change usually requires some kind of um, acknowledgement, but you can also feel like you slip back into the past, and uh, embrace the future with a can-do attitude. That makes a huge difference. Ken Kesey said, "It isn't by getting out of the world that we become enlightened." but by getting into the world, by getting so tuned in that we can ride the waves of our existence and never get tossed because we become the waves. And I thought that was really, really true. There's more and more questions as we go. Yeah. But, um, we've had a very active discussion here. <laughs> We really have. You know, this is really, uh, Mighty Gems is about sparkling um, in your world and discovering what sparkles for you and focusing on your personal values. And as you go about that, you discover yourself and the world around you in new ways. And it all happens one insight, one choice, and one action at a time. So um, Buddha said, the trouble is you think you have more time. I love that quote. So it basically says, do it now. So um, Mighty Gems is on every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. So any last closing words there, Dee? <laughs> oh, think of yourself as a gift. And all around you, you are a gift. And what, what does it really mean to embrace, you know, rather than struggling to embrace, you know, we, we want to experience our gifts. And it's really a perception of how you a- approach that. And so it's, it's, you're not really strange, you realize that you're not strange. <laughs> or we can think of ourselves not being strange, but, you know, it's really a, a philosophy. And so, if we all take a look at how we react to ourselves in different situations, we can really empower ourselves in ways that we might not even consider. There you go. So, join us again next week, and we'll be exploring more, how, more Mighty Gems. Have a great weekend. Thank you for joining D. Lee for Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels. Be sure to come back for another great show next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you here next week.